Amen. God bless you, saints. Let's all just stand and have a word of prayer this morning. Amen. Let's just bow our hearts. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful and so thankful, Lord Jesus, just to be gathered in your house this morning, Father. We pray that, Lord, you could be with us here, Lord, as we open up your word, Father. We pray that you could be with, Lord, pastors. He brings the word later on, Father. I just pray that you'd be with the, the listeners, Father, the Lord, the speakers, Father. We love you now. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If we'd like to turn in our Bibles... We're going to go to Jeremiah, the 17th chapter this morning. <clears throat> Jeremiah 17. We're going to read actually two portions of scripture out of Jeremiah. Amen. So Jeremiah 17, we're going to start in the ninth verse. And it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. And if we turn over in Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, just a few pages over, it says, Jeremiah 29 and verses, um, we'll start at verse 10. It says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished of Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an, an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me. Now listen to this principle. When ye search for me with all of your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again to the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. God bless you as you take your seats this morning. I'm going to take a thought out of those two scriptures. Uh, the thought is going to be examining the intentions, examining the intentions of the wicked heart. In the book of Daniel, which is the captivity that Jeremiah is talking about here, Daniel comes in the very beginning of the book with one of the most critical principles that we're supposed to take as believers. Daniel, the first chapter, the Lord actually had set things in motion for Daniel to have a position in the king's house. I know we're, some of us may be familiar with the story, but the king had this decree to give them a daily provision of meat and wine, and then at the end of the three years to bring the appointed ones before me. But Daniel took the position in Daniel, the first chapter, verse 8. He said, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He purposed in his heart to serve the Lord. And he chose the harder way in doing that. And then throughout all the rest of Daniel's life, this principle stayed with him. Brother Renum says in the handwriting on the wall in 1956, he said, Oh, how tricky the devil is, how sly he is, friends. Watch him out in the scope of the little ministry that the Lord has given me around the world in different nations. And seeing that sly hand of the devil so tricky, how easy he can upset you and make it look like it's the truth. Yes, sir. The biggest lie that was ever told had the truth in it. The first lie that was ever 
told had truth in it. The first lie the devil told Eve had a lot of truth in it. Said she would be open-eyed, she would have, she would be wise, she'd have more knowledge, and all that was true. Then he said, surely you'll not die. But God said you would die. So that just settles it. Keep true to the word. And Daniel was going to purpose in his heart that he would be true to God and God's word. And while he was down there, the Lord could use him. See how Brother Benham put it. While he was down there, the Lord could use him. Why could he use Daniel? Because he had purposed in his heart. And if you want to be used of God, purpose in your heart that you'll love him and that you'll serve him and everything will be just fine. Amen. Amen. Psalms 119 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to the word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart. That I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. And with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. And I have rejoiced in the way of, the te of thy testimonies. And as much as in all riches I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. So the psalmist here declares, you know, how can I cleanse my way? How, you know, he's this young man. How can I, how can I live an undefiled life? You know, I, I have this yearning in my heart, which I'm sure every one of us do this morning. You have a yearning in your heart. You want to live but for the Lord. You want that. Lord, how can I do it? How can I cleanse my ways? It's one of the most simple yet most important principles of living that Christian life. It's laid within that verse. It says, take heed according to thy word. In another translation, it says, by guarding it according to your word. In other words, staying focused, tying it to your bedpost, as David would put it. You know, just as, as uh, the opening scripture says in Jeremiah, seeking him with your whole heart. The Amplified Bible puts it like this. With my whole heart have I sought you. This is Psalms 119, the 10th verse in the Amplified. With my whole heart have I sought you, inquiring for and of you, and yearning for me. Or yearning for you. Now look at how they put this next verse. Oh, let me not wonder or step aside, either in ignorance or willfully, from your commandments. In ignorance or willfully. I'm just laying this kind of a foundation here, if we if just kind of going to bounce around here, if that's all right. But God looks at the heart. The Lord came to Samuel the prophet in the Old Testament while he was searching for the right king of Israel. He told him, don't look at the countenance of a man. Don't look at the outward, but rather know that I look at the heart of a man. First Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For a man looketh on the outward, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Thank the Lord for that. I know, you know, I'm, I'm jumping around here, but <clears throat> we're going to look at a, a man in the Bible. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Balaam that I'd look at, like to look at this morning. Balaam actually had a prophetic gift of operate, you know, operating in his life. And at that time in history, just to set the background of events for a moment, Israel was on the move, and the rumor of the victories that the Lord had manifested among them were beginning to spread through those neighboring nations. The, battle, the battles won against the Canaanites and the Amorites had spread through the land, and the Israelites were actually en route to the land of Moab. And the Moabite king at the time was a man by the name of Balak, son of Zippor. 
And he was desperately afraid, the Bible says, of the Israelites because of their numbers and because they, he knew that they had defeated those neighboring nations. Amen. So he heard of a prophet that had a good reputation. Numbers 22.6 says, Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail that we might smite them, that, and, I, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that ye whom thou blessed is blessed, and whom thou cursed is cursed. So he recognized the gift that was operating in Balaam's life. And he said, I know that whatever you bless Balaam is blessed, and I know whatever you curse is cursed. So I'm going to take that gift. I, I, I want you to come to my nation, and I want you to curse this nation that's going to come up a rise, rise against me. Balak, Balak knew... Balak knew from the beginning what his intentions are. He, he said from the, from the beginning, I want you to curse this nation. <clears throat> and Balaam started off with what seemed to be right. He inquired of the Lord. And the scripture says the message, of, the message from God was plain and simple. God said unto Balaam, thou shalt not go unto them. Numbers twenty two twelve. Thou shalt not curse this people they are blessed. So he got the word from the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. He got the word of the Lord. And he told, uh, Balaam told the messengers, look, I can't go what God, God says is blessed. I can't go and curse what God says is blessed. So he sent the messengers away. Um, but that didn't stop the, the king of Moab. So then he sent, I know this is probably a familiar, a familiar story for most of us, but he then sent another group of messengers over to Balaam, but for this time he had a more enticing offer. I will promote you, he says, to, unto great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come, therefore, I pray thee, and curse me this people. And you see, this, the request was the same as before, but this time he came with something greater. You know, I, 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 I'll, I'll give you what you want. I'll give you, I'll give you land. I'll give you riches. I'll give you these things. And instead of Balaam sticking to what God had said the first time, he inquired of the Lord again. This time, the Lord said to Balaam, go ahead and go. And Brother Brandon picks this up and shows that, you know, God's word the first time was God's perfect will. And his word the second time was his permissive will. Because he wanted to, Balaam obviously had it in his heart to go. And so the Lord wasn't going to stop wasn't going to stop that. He just said, now look, Brother Benham says in the children of Israel, 1947, now look, there is a perfect will of God. There's a permissive will of God. And God permitted his prophet to go, yet it wasn't his perfect will. It was his permissive will. And that's because God doesn't want to force us any, into anything. He told, he said, Balaam, you can go and you do this, but if you choose to do that, you can only prophesy the words that I give unto you. You see, the Lord searched the heart and the intentions of Balaam's heart. And Brother Brandon refers to Balaam, and we know this probably uh, very familiar. He refers to him as a hireling prophet. Even though out of his mouth were coming words of prophecy that what the Lord had said, um, his actions proved that somewhere in his heart he wanted to go down to Moab. He wanted to go do that. And, uh, you know, his heart wasn't focused on the, the right thing. You see, that's why we can't ever base our... Uh, base things solely on feelings or base things on intentions because you could have the purest of intentions and it not be in according to the word, right? You could have the purest intentions in your heart. Maybe, you know, just to bring it down to our level, maybe to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't know the Lord and you have intentions in your heart that, you know, down the road that, you know, I want this person to be of God, but and those intentions are good, but it's not lining up with what God's word says. 
be not unequally yoked. You want them to come to the Lord. And that, you know, that old saying, follow your heart, you know, that's just a lie from the enemy. Jeremiah teaches us, as we read, that your heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. You see, and even when you're born again of the Spirit of God, Brother Matt was talking on it Wednesday night, wonderful sermon, you, you still have that sticky nature, right? You still have that thing. And sometimes your flesh man, the fallen nature that you still live in, sometimes it leads you somewhere and thinking, you know, the whole time that it's the right decision and you have the purest intentions, but it's out of God's perfect will. Even when you're born again of the Spirit of God, because we live in the fallen nature that we live in, right? So, and then you can enter into the land of God's permissive will. I know I never want to be in that land. Um, just to go through some, of the, some more of the story with Balaam, he says, um, after going back to the Lord and asking again, again, the Lord allows him to make his own decision. So scripture says that he saddled his donkey, he departed towards Moab, and it says that the Lord's anger was kindled against Balaam. And, you know, just to take that from a different angle for a moment, you know, the Lord's anger was kindled against him because God cares about you. He cares about the decisions you make. He cares about the path that you take. He doesn't want you to go down his permissive will because he sees his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So he sees that that path is going to lead to something so destructive in your life. So his anger was kindled against Balaam because maybe, you know, he saw what was going to come about this. Later on, you read Balaam ends up being on the side of Moab and being, being slain with, with the enemies in the enemy's land. And in the book of Revelation, you know, it, he's made an example of, you know, he, he was just used, uh, used by the enemy. God cares so much about you. Scripture says he formed you before, before he formed you in the womb, he knew you, and he crafted out your life. So going further with the story, you know, the angel of the Lord anoints the eyes of a donkey. You know, the donkey saw the angel standing in the way, and three different times the donkey turned aside from the path. Three warnings from the Lord to stay clear of this destructive path. But Balaam's eyes were so fixated on something that, you know, maybe he thought in his own life would have been, you know, something constructive. But he was so fixated, he had the wrong intention. Maybe he had the right intentions, but his heart was in the wrong place. Maybe, maybe he thought the Lord could use this situation for good. And finally, after striking the, the, the donkey several times, threatening to kill it, I Quite a funny story, actually. The Lord anointed the donkey to speak to Balaam. And while he was speaking to the donkey, the Lord actually opened Balaam's eyes to see the angel. Numbers 22, it says, The Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and he said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? Balaam said to the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would that there would be a sword in mine hand, for now I would kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not an ass upon that thou which hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever want to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in his way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because look at, listen to this, because thy way is perverse before me. And immediately Balaam fell to the ground. He worshiped the Lord. And just to uh, save just some time here, the Lord asked him, why are you going to go into this place when I clearly told you the first time not to go? 
Um, you know, Balaam's answer spoke of his intentions. If it displeases you, Lord, then I can turn around. But you see, all those warnings, all those things, you know, it, God still let him chose his own path. Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. Um, and the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, go with the men, but only the word that I speak unto you, thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. And he went there, and we see where it led Balaam. Eventually he gave in. He helped the Moabites give counsel against the Israelites. And what happened to Balaam, not much later we find him on that side slain. Um, Numbers 31, and they slew the kings of Midian, um, five kings of Midian. Balaam also the sons of Beor, they slew with the sword. Um, Joshua 13 says, Balaam also the son of Beor, the soothsayer, the Bible says, did the children of Israel slay with the sword among them that were slain by them. And they were slain by the Israelites. And we find him in Revelation 2 as an example. He's, it says, because, but I have a few things against thee because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. So you see now in Revelation years later that what had happened is that Balaam had actually given in and, and given Balak something to, to cast a stumbling block before Israel, right? What did Balaam do in this story is he didn't hold the word of the Lord. He didn't take heed according to the word, as that scripture says, and it wasn't first and foremost in his life. A commentator writes, God sees your heart, so heed his call. And this wayward uh, bent of Balaam's heart that continued in wickedness is a telling tale of the inability to hide our hearts from God. Wow. Even in the New Testament, we see the true character of Balaam recalled in Second Peter, the second chapter. Um, but he was rebuked for the wrongdoing by a donkey, an animal without speech, who spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. Second Peter, chapter 2. So he sees your heart, amen, and he knows that there will be times where it does lead you astray because he knows that we live in that fallen flesh. But he doesn't leave you there to stay. Thank the Lord. Psalms 139 says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me into the way everlasting. Amen. Look at David's attitude there. Lord, search me, know my heart, try me, try my thoughts. I, you know, I have, this, I have this thought on my heart, Lord. I have this intention. And Lord, it seems to be pure. It seems to line up with your word. It seems to be pure to its core. But Lord, I'm going to check it with your word anyway. Lord, please just come and, come and manifest yourself to me and make sure that there wouldn't be any wicked way found in me. Amen. Because <clears throat> the Lord sees the path. He sees the beginning of the path and he sees the end of the path. So maybe he can discern something in your life that will cause you to not stumble down the road. Amen. The Lord so oftentimes sends his word to correct our path. You know, he makes, his, he makes it straight. You know, but God doesn't ever force his word on us. Just, just as we read in there in, with Balaam, he, you know, he sent the prophecy, he sends the angels to warn him, then he anoints the an animal, but he still chose his own way. And in those situations where you, know, you think that you're, just, you're on that path, 
we have to humble ourselves enough and keep our pride in check in those situations and be ready and willing to make those paths straight. Amen. And because our intentions, even though driven by the sincere heart, the psalmist says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? Take heed according to the word, even if it stops you in your tracks. Take heed according to the word. And do what Daniel did and purpose in your heart. Take Jeremiah's instruction. Seek him with your whole heart. This story actually reminded me of the, the rich young ruler when Brother Branham dives into that story and shows that the rich man that looked up from heaven, uh, you know, that was correlated with the rich young ruler. The Lord searched out his heart and there was something in there that was taking him from fully surrendering. We did a Sunday school on it several weeks ago, but he searched his heart, saw his possessions, held a higher standard in his life than the Lord did, and he never did surrender to that thing. And then one day the Lord saw, uh, saw him looking up, begging for a glass of cold water, and he, he asked Abraham, please send someone to warn my brothers. Abraham said, if they won't believe the prophets, They'll never believe me if I send someone from the grave. Luke 16, he says, I pray thee, Father, that thou would send someone to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they come unto this place of torment. And Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear that. And they said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went up from the dead, they will repent. And he said, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one raise from the dead. The Lord sends his word, he, you know, he sent his word to Balaam, he, he sends everything that he can according to the word. He even opens up the eyes of Balaam on his path to see the angel of the Lord, and yet Balaam still did not surrender and heed to that word. You know, the rich man tried to send someone from the grave to, 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 to warn his brothers, but we can see that you know, even if, even if someone rose up from the grave, Abraham said, if they won't take heed according to thy word from the prophets and from the word that I give on the earth, even if I raise someone up from the dead, they won't give heed to it. You know, and um, it says that scripture, that to try your reins, that scripture means to examine your secret motives. And interestingly enough, it's the verse right after the Lord tells us that our heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. So he gives us the, the word and then he gives us the answer to the word. And every time, if we can take heed according to that word and examine our hearts, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, Thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. That, that scripture, your words were found, and I ate them. I read this commentary, and it really struck me the other day. It says, I have said that Jeremiah lets us into a secret. His outer life, consisting of his perpetual faithful ministry, was to be accounted for by his inward love of the word which he preached. If you go back and you read the, the book of Jeremiah, I just, just recently got done reading it. It's it, time after time, there, there's prophecy after prophecy, a warning after warning. And, you know, there, it gets to a point where Jeremiah gets so discouraged in one of the chapters, he gets so discouraged that he says, I can't even, I can't even talk about you anymore, Lord. I, I can't even prophesy in your name anymore. I'm so discouraged in my heart. 
But then he says, but their words were found as, as a fire in my bones because I can't not prophesy. I can't not give the word. And his inward love of that word which he preached gives us something that we can look to and we can, we can the, the commentary keep, goes on to say, it is a very different thing from saying thy word was found and I did admire it or thy word was found and I did criticize it or thy word was found and I did divide it and make a sermon out of it. That is a minister's temptation. You know, how many times can our hearts be honest and say that we found his word, we heard his word, we heard what was preached, and we did eat it. We didn't, we didn't just listen to it and admire it with just a, a solemn heart, but we ate it and we allowed it to digest into our inward man. Amen? Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man... That I just got a few minutes left. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Psalms 119 says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto my end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go into the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. So he sees, David sees that, you know, sometimes my heart can be inclined to covetous things, but I want you, Lord, to incline my heart unto thy testimonies. The Bible says, turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and listen to this word, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away thy approach, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts, quicken in me thy righteousness. That word quicken means to make alive. So we pray the prayer to quicken and make alive thy way and thy righteousness in us. And so then when we have those intentions, when we are on a path, it doesn't matter what path that you're on, we have to make sure that we keep this word ever before us and we constantly check it with, Lord, is this, is this where you want me to be? Is this where you need me to be? Lord, I, then, we, then we have to submit our pride a little bit and just say, Lord, I, I'm on this path and it seems so right. It seems my intentions are so proper, but Lord, I don't know for sure. So can you look down for me and then can you quicken me in thy righteousness? Yeah. What was Balaam's mistake? He didn't trust God's word. He didn't seek him with his whole heart. He didn't follow these statutes. And neither did that the rich young ruler. But those that did, they knew that the only way that it could be done is help from the Almighty. Amen. Establishing thy word in thy heart, says the psalmist. Turn my eyes from beholding vanities. You know, we can't check our decisions. I said this before, but we can't check our decisions or the road that you're on, uh, you know, with how pure your intentions are or perceive something to be, how it may look on the outside. We have to check it with the word. What does God's word say about it? Have you prayed about it? You know, your heart, your flesh man, 
It's wicked in every way. It leads you away from trusting God just because that's the nature of our, of our, inward, of our outward man. It points you down sometimes the wrong direction. You know, it compromises because compromise sometimes is just the easier way to go. It doesn't even, you know, you don't sometimes choose I'm going to compromise. It just sometimes seems like the easier, the, the easier of two paths to take. So then your flesh man will then go down that path. Amen. But if you set your focus on the right thing and you bring that flesh man into captivity and if you set your heart to search only the word and seek him with your entire heart, the Bible says that he will be found of you, saith the Lord. Even if you take the wrong road sometimes, even if your heart leads you astray, if you're willing to submit, he will lead you into the way everlasting. Amen. Glory to God. Let's all stand together this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful and grateful for your word this morning. Father, we pray that you could just anoint the song leader as he comes out here. Father, anoint the musicians, Lord Jesus. Pray you could just, Father, Lord, set your, uh, your presence here, Father. Be welcomed here, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you and ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless y'all.